0: The officially licensed Lord of the Rings Middle Earth Premium Silver Foil is available now exclusively from New Zealand Mint and is a must-have for all Lord of the Rings collectors and those who love a little bit of movie memorabilia, like myself. Housed in its own Perspex case, it's super easy to display in your own collection. Constructed with 35 grams of fine silver, this gorgeous piece is guaranteed legal tender under authority of New A. Limited strictly to 2,000 units, make sure To grab yours now. Eat my shorts. Welcome to the Dave Lee Down Under podcast. I don't know what's going on. I've just hit the laughing button right there. That wasn't supposed to happen. Welcome. Welcome to the Dave Lee Down Under podcast. This is, of course, episode 15. I can't believe it. I've made it 15 weeks without getting cancelled. Which is beautiful. Um, of course, you can join me every single Monday here on the podcast. It goes out on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. The visual element also goes out on YouTube at the same time. But if you are a patron supporter, you can get it uh, two day early access on the Saturday. So if you'd like to support me over there, patreon.com forward slash Davely Down Under. You can find me on YouTube at Davely Down Under and on Twitter uh, and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. All linked down the bottom. Uh, so you just click right through. And, you know, the beauty of technology these days, eh? Uh, if you want to write into the show, you can shoot an email to DaveLeePod at gmail.com. If you are listening on podcasting platforms, getting a little tongue-tied, uh, you can shoot an email. No, you can't shoot an email. You can leave a review. You can leave a review. I'm just... I'm very excited today, guys, because I'm, I'm just... I'm just very excited because I've got my very first special guest joining me on the show. And these are two guys whose work I admire so much. I love these guys. Uh, these are two... I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but these are two guys that I have wanted to collaborate with for a very, very long time. It is, of course, Chris Parker from 3C Films and Austin Burke. Thank you for joining me, guys. <laughs>
1: no, thank you for having us, Dave. I was really excited when you told me, man. you got some great people on your podcast. You've interviewed a lot of great celebrities that I'm jealous of. Yes. So I was happy to be joined on that list.
0: Amazing.
2: Thank you. I- I consider myself a bit of a Dave Lee fanboy, so this is pretty cool, Dave. <laughs> I, I love much. being here, man, and I've I've always wanted to collab with you. Oh, uh, yeah. I see enough of 3C all the time, so it's nice to be here with. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to be here with both of you guys today, man. I love your channels.
0: Thank you very much. Now, I just this has been an insane week of news on the movie front, and I just thought, well, actually, it kind of just didn't it, it didn't really happen like. It, It wasn't really planned because I thought, you know, this HBO Max thing kind of launched last week. I recorded the podcast last Thursday. Um, I usually record on a Friday. Had I recorded on the Thursday, (laughs) I would have caught the HBO Max news. But I recorded a day early, so I missed it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to, this is crazy news. I have to get these two guys on because I I can't think of anyone better to chat (laughs) this insane. And it's only gotten
1: crazier since then.
0: Exactly (laughs) right. And it was like, I messaged you two days later. I was like, hang on, guys. There's like this big Disney investor meeting in like uh, on the day we're supposed to record because we're going to record yesterday. I thought, you know what? Let's push it back a day because I think, I think it's going to be some big stuff. And even in between all that, this week's been insane.
1: Oh, yeah. So much stuff going on, so much drama. So fast, the movie industry has changed in a matter of just like two weeks.
0: Oh, that, like, like I keep saying here, and that I've been doing this for fifteen weeks, um, and the the way that the cinematic landscape has changed in this yeah. short fifteen week period that I've been doing this podcast alone is insane.
2: My question is, is this the biggest movie-related week of the year so far? I know we're already at the end of 2020, but from the news to the HBO Max confirmation to Warner Brothers Slate, we don't know where it's at right now. This has to be the biggest week of the year in terms of news because everything's different.
0: For sure. Oh yeah. It's like we're winding up to Christmas. I was thinking, you know, we're winding down. (laughs) It's going to be all right. We can take a breather. This has just come out of nowhere. And I think everyone (laughs) is just trying to catch each other's tails at the moment. Yeah. exactly <laughs> now, now, before we get into the news i you guys just introduce yourselves if there's people out there i mean if there's people watching this channel i'm sure they know who you are but just in case if there's people out there listening to the podcast or anything don't know who these guys are just give yourselves a little introduction where we can find you what you do all that kind of stuff
1: yeah, you guys know um, my name is Chris at 3C Films. I just like to do little movie uh, news updates here and there on some of the things I find most exciting stuff. So I don't usually talk a lot of Star Wars or anything like that. I try to stick to what I'm knowledgeable mm-hmm. in, like uh, Spider-Man, Marvel, or even some nostalgic things. I know sometimes Dave and I, we we end up making the same thing. like We talk about Space Jam and whatnot, so I always <laughs> yeah. love seeing your updates and seeing your opinion on
2: that. Well. Uh, I have collabed with Chris countless times. Uh, 3C Film is my boy. Uh, But (laughs) like I said earlier, Dave, I'm just a big fan of what you do. I am Austin Burke. You can find me on YouTube. I try to review as many things as I possibly can. (laughs) This on is insane. (laughs) I'm a crazy person, man. Uh, From series to movies, I try to watch as much as I can. Uh, uh, But lately, with all of this news and craziness, I've been talking a lot of Marvel and Star Wars. So I'm prepped and primed. For today's show. And I'm excited to get into my favorite time of the year, Christmas, where we recap the year. We're getting into Oscar season, which I cover on my channel. Uh, combined with all this comic book goodness, man, it's just a good time to be a movie fan right now. Oh, You bring up a
1: good point there, Austin, because, I mean, it's the end of the year. It's where we wrap up. It's where we look at the year as a whole with the movie industry. Yeah. Like, oh, what movies excited us? And, like, it's a very short list, and we can't even get too excited about what comes next year because even mm. that's uncertainty. Usually yeah. around this time, yeah. we would probably be making our most anticipated list or our top 10 most looking forward to movies. I don't see a point in doing that when my oh. last year's list is basically yeah. non-existent.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I planned, and I'm sure you guys are the same, you know, we have to plan our content out so far in advance. You know, after a oh, year yeah. in advance, you're like, all right, we're going to be doing this on this day, you know, whatever. I had to throw all of that away this year because it's been insane. <laughs> it's like, oh, this movie was, you know, the beginning of the pandemic was like, this movie's delayed. Like, okay, well, I'll cross that off. This movie's delayed, cross that off. And then it just got to the point where you're like, and, you know, I'm throwing, I have to throw it all away. It's, it's just absolutely insane. And uh, this week, particularly everything that's coming out now, I'm feeling overwhelmed not only by the amount of information that's coming at me, but I'm feeling like yeah. I have to watch all this stuff. This is the amount of content that I'm going <laughs> I, to have to consume. I feel
1: stress for Austin, man, yeah. he really oh does God. watch all this stuff. And yeah. I'm already so behind on everything, and that's with the year where we mm. barely had any theatrical yeah. releases right there. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm realizing I only saw the newest stuff because it was in theaters and yeah. I was invited to press screenings. Without that, it's hard to keep track of all mm-hmm. these digital movies yeah. coming out and what to watch yeah. and what not to watch. Yeah.
2: But that's Man, a- I'm going to have to call up Dwayne Johnson and figure out how he clones himself for all these movies. <laughs> with all of the films, I think I saw Sean Chandler tweeted out recently. Uh, after March, I think there are two to three blockbusters every other yeah. week for that wow. four-month span how are we going to do that guys? I I don't know. I don't know how to plan it. We know not all of those are going to stick. So how do we prep for this? It's just, it's, it's tough. What we do is tough right now.
0: Uh, (laughs) Oh, exactly. Right. It's fun, but it's, and that's, that's part of the fun of it though. It really isn't. It's just like, I'm so stressed out, but I love it. I love doing this. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I find it for me anyway, is that I find this, I mean, we all, you know, we've been doing this for years and you just f- slowly find your groove. You find the stuff that works for you, yeah. the stuff that doesn't work for you. And you just focus on the stuff that does work for me, uh, uh, for you. And for me, it's been this animation stuff has just like blown up. So I have to focus on that yesterday at the Disney thing. Marvel News, Star Wars news, I'm like, oh, I want to yeah, cover this, so but there's so many people who cover it better than me, so I 'm like, stick to what <laughs> you know and do yeah. that, watch the other stuff, watch the Star Wars stuff, and just enjoy it without you know having to to cover it so intensely but it's um it is it's really, really yeah. crazy now before we get into it all, usually. We would talk about, you know, what I've watched for the week and just talk about some stuff that's happened during the week, g- general stories. Again, so much news. We're going to skip that segment just, entirely just this week. We're just going to dive straight into it. I do have to give a couple of sponsor plugs or else they will be annoyed you with know. me. So we're going to do that. Um, Of course, the New Zealand Mint have just launched uh, their range of Lord of the Rings collectibles, their very first collectible, which is the Lord of the Rings Premium Foil, which is this gorgeous, like, it's essentially like a big note, it's like $2 worth no it's a legal tender you can you can pay it doesn't cost $2 nice. it costs a bit more than that but it is uh, legal tender you can use it to buy anything for $2 new zealand um, but it is fantastic um, and you can head to nzmint.com to check that out they do dc stuff they do star wars stuff harry potter all that so go and check out uh, the nzmint.com uh, of course kicks.com.au have also uh, just launched a bunch of new sales they're doing their cool. kicksmas sales some great deals on 4K discs. There's some 4K bundles on there. Spider-Man bundle, a war bundle, Transformers, sci-fi, horror, a bestsellers uh, bundle, which has got like 1917, Knives Out, Bad Boys for Life, Bloodshot, Jumanji. Uh, there's a bunch of like two for t- 4Ks in there with a range of like 150 titles. So go and check them out. And uh, that's the plugs done. So let's get onto the news. <laughs> um, let's start with with HBO Max. Uh, because this is where it all started. This is this is why I initially wanted to get you guys on, um, and this is this is probably the biggest piece of news oh, in in memory. I was going to say this year, but I mean, this is one of the most unprecedented things that has ever happened in cinema I ever. Don't
1: know yeah i don't know if you remember like the moments leading up to this announcement everyone was like was gearing people up There's like world's about the movie news industry is about to change yeah. things about to go yeah. down and they were not kidding right here yeah. i could not believe this announcement right here and them wanting to do that and even the aftermath which i'm sure we're going to get into mm. of all the stuff we're finding mm-hmm. out that's in this deal that maybe they didn't go ahead and let everybody know on this list but like I like just still the thought that whenever Godzilla versus Kong or Tom and Jerry comes out, mm. us will probably want to maybe see it in the theater if, mm. you, if you feel up for that or if you can. And then you could come home and watch that exact same movie yeah. again like that blows my mind. And I always think I know streaming services cost. But like since it's a monthly thing, I, I consider it free if it just shows up at my accessibility yeah. mm-hmm. right yeah. there, and that's how I feel about whenever I get a new movie on streaming. It's yeah. essentially free because it's just right there to watch at any time. So I, I I don't know if this will actually go past this year. I'm 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 surprised they also didn't wait till mm-hmm. after Wonder Woman yeah. with uh how that went because I thought that would be their little guinea pig test market. But I don't know. Austin, how did you feel about this?
2: Yeah, I, that, that's the thing is I thought this news would come after Wonder Woman because mm. you would think they would want to see how it plays out. And I know we had Mulan way back when, but that's the Premier Access route, which we see Disney is going to try again uh, for Ray, uh, Raya Ryan mm-hmm. the Last Dragon coming out on Disney Plus and in theaters with Premier Access. But yeah. for what HBO Max is doing, and I mentioned this a couple of days ago, this is going to change the theatrical landscape mm. as we know it. And I look at something like Netflix, and that's kind of the focus – uh, of what this, my channel, has been about is you focus on streaming, but it all started with their model, right? Oh, we're yeah. gonna not only bring other things to our platform, we're going to start releasing original films yeah. and original series. And you see the numbers that that draws in. And I'm sure some of these other studios over the last couple of years have been like, man, I mean, you know, HBO Max comes out, we're gonna start doing maybe original <laughs> movies there, but when you start getting these tentpole blockbusters, mm. You talk about the eyes that that's going to bring to your platform. Oh, yeah. So I'm interested to see what the growth for HBO Max is going to be prior and post announcement and whether or not it gets shifted just to see where that goes from here. And if they continue to implement that even after the pandemic, yeah. now, that's my big question. That's... So where
0: does it go from here? I mean, I, I've i spoken about this on the channel multiple times, I'm sure my listeners are probably getting really tired of me bringing this up. Um, <laughs> but I saw Jeffrey Katzenberg give us a, a talk six years ago and he was asked um, of course the ex CEO of Disney and um, you know yeah. founder of DreamWorks, um, um, sorry not CEO of Disney he ran the like the the studio department um, and he he gave a talk here in Melbourne six years ago and someone asked him, where do you see the future of cinema in ten years time? And his prediction, it wasn't really a prediction because, you know, he's one of the big hot shots in Hollywood yeah. p- pulling the nice. strings, was <laughs> yeah. in 10 years' time you'll have a movie go to the cinemas and it will almost land day and date at your home and you'll watch it on your phone, you'll watch it on a screen and you'll pay depend you'll pay more depending on what size you're watching it on and everything. I'm thinking this is before streaming was even really a big thing. I'm thinking how on earth are they going to like like shoot in like a, the brand new blockbuster screens? Here we are, yeah. nearly 10 years later and it's happened. And this is what uh, Bob Chapek said. The uh, current Disney CEO said this has been the plan, but the pandemic just kind of expediated those plans. Yeah. Um, so, it... yeah, you are. Right. No,
1: go ahead, Dave. Sorry.
0: <laughs> um, well, when Warner Brothers says um, again sort of kind of brushed over it. If anyone's kind of out of the loop, I'm sure no one is, but Warner Brothers have announced, or HBO Max announced, that the entirety of the 2021 slate from Warner Brothers is going to HBO Max next year. This affects movies like Suicide Squad, Matrix 4, Dune, Godzilla vs Kong, uh, Space Jam, and New Legacy, Judas and the Black Messiah, Tom and Jerry, Mortal Kombat, Conjuring, Devil Made Me Do It, and so many others. Um, and Warner Brothers are saying these are just pandemic-only rules. This won't be permanent. <laughs> yeah, right. But the, the the article that announced this kind of made that mention, which was once you start dismantling a system, can you put yeah. that system back together? And knowing <laughs> what I heard from Jeffrey Katzenberg six years ago, that this was going to be the plan all along, I don't believe it. I don't believe that we're going to go back to a traditional model after this. And I think the only thing that might change that is if this is like a, a complete flop for them. But let's be honest. <laughs> The general audience loves this model. The general audience yep. loves to sit at home. They want to get their movie for free. When Disney tried to charge thirty bucks for um for Mulan on the streaming service, they went, "I'm not paying thirty dollars to go and see a movie." <laughs> I'm thinking, "Hang on a minute, if you go you would have gone to a cinema and paid, you know, more than that. A couple of yeah. people, you see the movie, you get your popcorn, you get your drinks and everything." All of a sudden, people are used to getting, as you said, Chris, stuff for free.
1: Yeah basically but like so many things with that too it's like they could have really uh of stuck the middle finger up to disney mm. with why not even just like a five dollar premium charge or a yeah. ten dollar premium charge can you yeah. um and i think even the theaters would have been a little happy with that because then there's this extra wall that audience members have to make a decision of like okay do i want to spend the 10 now or i could go mm. spend the 10 at a theater and get the experience and and the full effect like i i think that would have been something because yeah it's essentially free and there's not even like even just a five dollar charge i think would have made such a difference and could have earned some money back to these movies that are kind of worried that they're not going to earn their budget Mm. backs or or all these back-end deals that they're getting Uh, along with that you're also right it's like us in the movie industry who who talk about movies who are all obsessed with this we're kind of hesitant on this model we Mm. are not feeling it but the general audience is my mother my father who don't really care. they love this. Yeah. So like it's interesting to, to us that we care so much about Wonder Brothers and them getting the money they deserve. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're not yeah. seeing a cent to that or anything no, but exactly. y- you're right in that article where they were saying in like 10 years time this was supposed to be the plan but yeah. I think only uh, streaming services like Netflix and now Disney can uphold that model where if you just do the basic math of how many subscribers they have to how much they're paying per month, they're earning a boatload of money right hmm. there that I'm also worried we're going to a time now where we won't have movies like the Joker, where that movie Warner brothers thought was going to fail. They gave yeah. it a low budget on purpose. They had no faith in it. Didn't even want to do that much marketing on it. Billion dollars success stories like that won't be happening anymore. Cause every movie is built in with an already pre-established. Mm-hmm. We make it for this much and we're already guaranteed to make this much money. No, you know, gambling where you hit the jackpot Mm. of like, oh, that was a billion dollar movie or that movie was a loss. Now it's just every movie will kind of make the same amount. Yeah.
2: And it's, I am obsessed with box office. Yeah, (laughs) I love looking at box office numbers and, and uh, filtering that information. Okay. What's going to happen this upcoming week, making my predictions. Where, where do we go from here? Right. When it comes to a movie being successful at the box office, especially Warner brothers this year, and maybe other studios following suit. What, constitutes success Mm. right because we know they're bringing in money for for the platform is hbo max are they going to release these numbers for us to see uh for those that really want to know the analytics of what these films are bringing in how many eyes are watching them whether Mm. it counts as a view for five minutes or ten minutes you know the netflix (laughs) model it's a bit up in the air so i want to see all of these things implemented almost immediately i just want to know how these movies are performing whether they're successful or not, because I think that's, that's very important for what we do. And Chris, you brought it up a little bit earlier. I'm very worried for the future of theaters uh, Mm. because obviously with the Warner brothers films, that's going to keep a lot of the general audience from going to the theater. Um, And so these chains, especially the struggling chains like an AMC, like a Regal, they're going to really struggle down the line. Uh and if more studios follow suit, like I have a feeling Disney may eventually they're gonna test the waters this year, then we're gonna be in big trouble. And Dave, you mentioned that prediction pandemic kind of speeding up that process. We're here. (laughs) We're here. This is (laughs) it, man. That was the announcement for me that just did it.
0: Yeah, me too. I've just been I've from the beginning I thought this just sounds This, You know, six years I've been thinking, this is going to happen. And just watching how streaming is like slowly taking over, I'm thinking, that's going to happen. This is going to happen. And then this year it's been like, no, damn it, it's here. It's happened. And like four (laughs) years off when it was supposed to. um, The the interesting thing is, though, that these movies will release in cinemas um, that are open, that are safe to go to, particularly over in the States where, you know, the pandemic is still very much, um, you know, a huge thing. Um, internationally, they're opening wide in theaters. Um, again, at places where are safe, the UK cinemas are still closed. Here in Australia, we're doing okay at the moment, so they will all open the cinemas here. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, the I, the I I just don't I don't know because we don't have HBO Max yet. But I feel like when it does you guys launch don't here, have
1: an alternative either like uh, no. it's well, named
0: something else over there. We've got like. Um, We've got a couple of local um, streaming services, the one called Stan, one called Binge, okay. um, and they sort of pick up loose ends. The Warner Brothers like, movies? Or they, no? they pick up Warner Brothers stuff, they pick up Hulu okay, stuff and understand. just sort of buy out licenses. But I feel like HBO Max is probably going to roll out here at some point, and when that happens, this whole, oh, you're yeah. gonna, you are going to get these movies theatrically, I think there's going to, I think, I don't know. It's, okay. it's, it's so I mean, unpredictable. Even, even
1: just that, because... To me, if a bowling – well, at least in the States here. I don't know about Australia. But mm. if a bowling alley, a, a skating ring, uh, places like that are still open here, I don't see movie theaters being completely shut uh, down in sort of like a blockbuster method where they just vanish. I, I do think it will become a novelty thing or a niche thing where instead of like there's 10 in my city, it will go down to two or maybe even just one theater yeah. per mm. uh, big populace right there. And that's kind of sad. And it makes you wonder you know, w- what kind of movies will even want to do that because to a certain yeah. point – It does cost studios to put these movies Mm. in theaters. So what happens if they just don't want to even put them in theaters anymore and spend that extra change? Then you know, theaters are, are just left with, with putting indie releases or, or local releases yeah, if yeah. anybody wants to, to watch that, which I highly doubt.
0: Yeah. Well, those movies don't do well, do they? That's why they're not. <laughs> that's why studios don't invest in that kind of stuff very much yeah. because they just don't do well. So I don't, it just opens up so many questions about how's this going to affect the longevity of cinemas even staying open, even being a place yeah. that you can go to see a movie. Yeah. Again, like you said, a, a niche thing. Where you will go to a cinema to see a small film or you go to a cinema to see a movie that was made 10 years ago it's just it opens up and I-
1: and I feel like I know I will be I will be part of the problem. I can oh, I yeah. can complain oh, and yeah. moan and say, Well, I'm a movie theater experienced guy. I, I love it. But <laughs> I had the shock where in my town there's a family video, which mm-hmm. is like an alternative blockbuster here in the States, you know, that's still yeah. surprisingly up and running. You can rent oh, movies or video mm-hmm. games and whatnot. And I went in there because I wanted to play a video game, but I didn't want to pl- spend the 60 bucks to to mm. to to you know play it. And I was like, you know what? This feels so cool being in here. It reminds me of nostalgia. I'm going to come here every week now. I never went back after I returned (laughs) that thing. I just, I was like, it's so much easier to just rent the movie at my home. And now I think we're fortunate enough to afford, you know, these big TVs or or maybe these nice speaker sets where we kind of get close to the movie theater experience, you know, dim some lights Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Especially, I mean, I think that's your theater room right there, Davis. Yes, it is. (laughs) So, like, If you can match that quality, even just a little bit, you'll get used to like, "Ah, I don't really feel like walking on some sticky floors and eating some stale popcorn today.
0: (laughs) Well, last weekend, um, I got to be careful what I say, because I'm still embargoed on the film. But I watched Wonder Woman 1984. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was supposed to go and see it in the cinema. The screening kind of fell through. Uh, So they sent over a screener. And I get up at 5 a.m. in the morning, and I was thinking, oh, I really would have loved to see this in in the cinemas. So we've got a th- like a yeah. three-meter screen here. Yeah. So I woke up at 5 a.m., Wonder Woman 1984, straight through to my home cinema room, and I was thinking, you know what, this, this is actually not bad. <laughs> like I'm watching a brand-new wow. blockbuster right here in my cinema room. And I like Like you said, I just know I'm going to be part of that problem where it's like, oh, Oh, Avengers bloody four is just straight up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just going to watch it here. Oh, straight away. Like it, it's just, you know, as much as we love that cinematic experience and we, we got to, you know, try and encourage people to keep it alive. It's just, it is, you know, yeah. Opens up a whole can of worms.
2: <laughs> well, I worry about the smaller areas too, especially here in the States. Like I live in Kentucky and where I grew up, we had one movie theater within an hour of where I live mm-hmm. One. Right. So are those people, if that movie theater were to close, are they going to drive two hours to where I live now and watch a movie? Of course they're not. They're going to watch it on HBO Max. They're going to watch it, uh, you know, whatever platform is releasing movies. So it it worries me for more of the general audience than the cinephiles, because we're going to try our very best. But like both of you just said, maybe we get comfortable. Maybe we get complacent and say, you know what? I like have a nice TV. I have a nice sound system. I like watching a movie in my house, right? So oh, yeah. I don't put that past any of us happening. I say right now, I want I want to go to a movie theater and I want to enjoy these movies in the way that it's intended on enjoying them. But again, it's just so convenient. Look mm. at these. These are convenient. We <laughs> yeah. don't even have to go to a computer to yeah. look at the, I mean- come on guys and that's just the way the world's going right now so i definitely worry about the general audience Mm -hmm. when it comes to something like that
0: yeah and look the general audience pull the strings they're the ones that make avengers end game like the bloody billion dollar blockbusters that they are Mm -hmm. um but it's the studio that its not the studio that suffers it's the filmmakers and now a lot of people are not happy with this move Um, now, Wonder Woman 1984 was the first one that they announced. They said, we're going to put this on HBO We're going to test the waters. And everyone, like we said, just assuming, we'll see how that goes. And if that goes, you know, really well, they might start doing this with some of the other pictures. But no, they just just jumped down and went, no, we're going to put them all out of there. <laughs> now, apparently what happened, um, a, a Deadline reported, um, they said that this is what they said in their report, I'm hearing that Legendary Entertainment, who made uh, Godzilla vs Kong, and uh, Dune for, for Warner Brothers. I'm um, hearing that Legendary Entertainment either has or will send legal letters to Warner Brothers as soon as today, challenging the decision to put uh, Dune into HBO Max deal and maybe Godzilla as well. Um, on the latter, Legendary reported um, reportedly had Netflix ready to pull the film from Warner Brothers for around $250 million before Warner Media blocked it. It's also said Legendary had no advance notice before last week's announcement that the, both of the films were part of the HBO Max plan. And the, in the days following that, we are starting to hear no one was given any warning. The directors, <laughs> filmmakers, the cast, so no one was given any warning. They we were given like a half-hour warning, like, oh, yeah, in half an hour we're going to announce this. <sighs>
1: okay a couple of things with that right there like one the only person they gave that that announcement or that courtesy to was the wonder woman teen mm-hmm. of 1984 um, woman to War 1984 and they even gave them their yeah. contractual bonuses as yeah. if the movie were to make a billion dollars so gaga got an extra 10 million dollar mm-hmm. check and that's great on her i'm not saying she don't deserve yeah. that that movie probably would have made a billion so good on yeah. them for wanting to to get that yeah. but the fact that then They didn't do that for the other 17 movies and try to do some sort of calculation of like "Mm, your movie might have made 30 million. Yours over here made 700 million. These are your calculated bonuses instead of just plopping them on. I don't blame all these Mm. people for getting so upset at Warner Brothers for doing this. I I also, legendary, they must feel so angry because it was them who put up 75% of the budget. So they have the biggest stake right now in their monster universe. And this is a film that's been delayed like I think three years now. So the the money's really racking up in whatever they loaned out. And so I I think they were really ready for that Netflix deal, which I think given how much the monster universe has been making and the decline in the budget, Mm -hmm. I think that would have been amazing for them. So I'm surprised Warner Brothers did that. And it's all Mm -hmm. for their purpose for their um streaming service that legendary has no stake in that i don't even know if they have stock in or a partner in Mm. so can you just imagine handing them your movie and then they're using it to their advantage without telling you anything so i'm so i'll be curious to know what the legal uh
0: outcome
2: comes out to be sure i would think that someone sat back uh and at least thought about this Mm. and said you know what maybe we should well, think of it as a business. We should tell our employees what's going yeah. on. You know, we should not make these drastic yes. decisions. I don't mind the decision at this point in time because we don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic. Yeah, But maybe we should we should tell someone other than this <laughs> one small crew, because in the grand scheme of things, what, 17, 18 movies, that's a small portion of all the people that you have to let in, yet they never let them know. So even though I do think some are, you know, maybe going a little bit overboard, I, I completely understand Deneval Nov. Getting a little upset, not Mm. knowing his movie was not just coming to theaters, but coming to a streaming service where I guarantee most of the views will come from that. Um, When you build a film like that, Godzilla, you know, those grand scale blockbusters that are built to be seen on the big screen, I don't blame anyone for getting upset. And it's so funny to see the the two headliners right now, Christopher Nolan, The Beef, and (laughs) Evil Love, The Beef. Those are my two favorite directors. So I'm sitting back going, man, y'all, y'all don't. You don't make the big boys mad, and they're making the big <laughs> boys mad man. Oh, and it is just my lord chaos right
0: now. <laughs> like like you said, this is it's something that we as an audience, we kind of go, you know it's it's not bad. i don't I don't mind this idea, and it is again this this organic evolution of the cinematic experience. But the the idea that they don't tell the people involved in making the movies or involve them in these conversations is just so baffling. And you kind of, it's like this double-edged sword where you're like, oh, I love this, but I don't love this at all. And (laughs) a list of stars, now these have been reported in all the trades that are not happy. Again, as you mentioned, Gal Gadot and uh, Patty Jenkins were both paid in excess of $10 million each um, on the back of this deal, the money that they would have made off Wonder Woman had it gone and, you know, been a huge blockbuster. Um, and none of the other stars of these films were offered this deal. Um, According to, now, who wrote this one? New York Times uh, noted that Warner Brothers stars like Denzel Washington... Margot Robbie Will Smith, Keanu Reeves, Hugh Jackman, Angelina, Joel Lee wanted to know why their clients had been treated in a lesser manner than miss uh, oh. Um Talk of Warner Brothers yeah. boycott began circulating inside the directors Guild of America, and a partner at one talent agency spent the uh, spent the best part of the weekend meeting with litigators. Some people started oh. to angrily refer to the studio as. <laughs> The former bros. I love, I love that, that.
1: Former um, brothers. That's our band name, guys. Come on. We're
0: doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We are the former brothers. Um, <laughs> a Hollywood Reporter article quoted a top talent agent saying, Warners has made a grave mistake. Never have this many people been this upset with one entity. As you mentioned, uh, Christopher Nolan, the golden boy of Warner Brothers, um, had yeah. this to say to the Hollywood Reporter... Some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before, thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio, and woke up to found uh, to find they were working for the um they were working for the world's worst streaming service. That hurts. <laughs> Warner Brothers had an incredible machine for getting a filmmaker's work out everywhere, both in theaters and at the home and they're dismantling it as we speak. They don't even understand what they're losing. Their decision makes no economic sense, and even the most casual Wall Street investor can see the difference between disruption and dysfunction. He just went all out on them.
1: Yeah. but I mean, he's right on a a lot of things there. Mm -hmm. I just don't see the economic benefit in this at all. I I get that they want their streaming service to, to gain some numbers and do gangbusters, and that's perfectly fine, but like... This just feels like a total loss. That I don't understand how the sacrifice is worth the outcome at all. Like maybe I'm missing some numbers. I'm obviously not an accountant, but I think anybody looking at this and hearing at it is like, this is going to lose so many people money. Why are you doing this?
0: Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's crazy.
2: It's tough to say they're the worst streaming service. Oh yeah. Does that mean he prefers Quibi? I mean I know Quibi's not a thing. Well they're anymore, gone does, now, so that is... Does that mean or, or or like a peacock, right? Yeah. Because I just I just don't see that. I mean, that is with Quibi, I guess, very yeah. fresh in everyone's mind to say that, man. Nolan.
1: Woo, that oh, he just guy, man. I mean he Especially just... since he knows his movies are exclusively for oh, yeah. HBO Max. I mean, mm-hmm. they're all Warner <laughs> Brother films.
0: Well, the the interesting oh. thing here is that he really pushed Warners to get uh Tenet into cinemas. And they crashed and burned, essentially, on the theatrical yeah. front. unfortunately. Um, yeah, and I feel like that move is really what's led to this. They've looked at Tenet and gone, no, that movie didn't do well at all. Let's just shove all these on the streaming service. So in one respect, maybe he's just annoyed that, oh, maybe we shouldn't have put that movie out. Maybe we are I, I, I don't know. There's just so much, so much to think about. It's crazy. Um, another, another director that uh, was uh, not pleased was James Gunn, who was just head of the Suicide yeah, Squad. Of course, yeah. um, and, of course, uh, the director of Dune. I can't pronounce his name. Austin, you did a very good job at that. Denis Villeneuve, I okay. think. <laughs> I think you know, like three different <laughs> <Yeah>. pronunciations. So <laughs> um, we're there now. Well, he's <laughs> referred to this as a hijacking. He says, uh, with this decision, AT&T has hijacked one of the most respectful and important studios in film history. Absolutely no love for cinema, nor for the audience. It's all about the survival of a telecom mammoth, one that is currently bearing an astronomical debt of more than 150 billion dollars. And he just goes on. Again, he wrote. <laughs> he wrote like a, a, an actual. Um, he wrote an article uh, for. I didn't write uh, for Variety, and it's very interesting to read. And you can tell, in contrast to the Christopher Nolan, where you can tell Nolan's very angry. He's just a bit disappointed, and he's like, "It's like it's really sad to see this happen, especially with his film." Um, And he thinks that this is going to ruin the chance for June to become a franchise because this movie will go on the streaming service and will underperform. It will.
1: It, it, and also because he was being bullied too by uh by warner brothers to try and finish the film before december mm-hmm. back when yep. we yeah. thought everything would go back to normal by then so i i just feel like he's feeling pushed around unappreciated when he's one yeah. of the best directors we have working right now you know i mean with christopher nolan retires anytime soon he's taking up that mantle as the warner brothers yeah. favorite if he can get his box numbers up but with, yeah. without this type
2: of support it's not going to happen yeah that, to me, that's almost worse than being angry is someone being disappointed. Just, yeah, be it's like, like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's the worst. <laughs> oh, and no. to have a filmmaker of that caliber, and mm-hmm. Chris, that's a great point because how do we measure Denise's success now? Because before it was box office numbers and he just never quite got there. Yeah. Critical reception through the roof, but even he never got there with the box office numbers. Now, how do we measure that success other yeah. than just critical reception? I mean, it's, it's going to be very difficult yeah. to see how successful these movies really are with this hbo yeah. max plan
1: especially because each streaming service has their own their own version of telling you because i yeah. think netflix is like yeah. they measure yeah. if you've watched two minutes of it that mm. counts as a, as an entire <laughs> yeah, view so are <laughs> they gonna do the same thing or are they gonna make it down to 30 seconds or yeah. a minute you know how yeah. how far into it is they're going to measure? It's like we had the most views on this movie as long as people watch at least a minute mm. of it.
0: Yeah, and it's like they they are very hesitant to release any kind of numbers about you know oh, how yeah. many people watch this unless it's like a huge Disney Plus has been the same. They've been very quiet about numbers for particularly um, um, uh, Mulan, which went on there. Like yeah. there's been all yeah. these industry reports. Oh, it did this much. It did this, and then you just kind of so. They're all – we're at this point now where they don't need to tell you how well their movies are going. (laughs) And, again, as you said, Austin, it makes it difficult for people like us who are trying to make predictions and tell the news. And it just changes everything. There's there's just this domino (laughs) effect right down (laughs) – to ask guys who are just talking I always, about the stuff.
1: I, I've told Austin this for the longest time. Since if you don't know Austin's channel, he reviews everything and anything on streaming services. The way I gauge if something was popular on streaming is if that review of the certain thing was higher than another. So yeah. if he reviewed season, I don't know, three of Thirteen Reasons Why, and it was like over twenty thousand views, and then this mm. other action show was like three three thousand views. I'm like, that Thirteen Reasons Why is getting some good numbers on Netflix. Yeah. I think.
2: Yeah, well, that's sure. honestly part of how I determine what I'm going to review because it's and it's always these these niche things too right because i'll review every show and sometimes it's 13 episodes i think it's going to be a heavily watched show my video doesn't do all that well Mm. but then it's this random six episode show i've never heard of with unknown actors and it's one of my best viewed videos over the last couple weeks so it's so hard to make that determination (laughs) but if i notice like a decline in subsequent seasons Most likely I'll kind of stop reviewing that show and that's how I gauge what videos I do now. But in terms of knowing the numbers and I'm glad they implemented the top 10 Mm. Netflix did that. So that kind of helps me out. But other than that, watching something for two minutes, everybody could watch something for two minutes and click away. It, It all comes down to if you go through the entire show and then you want to look up a review and how do I gauge something like that? So with Netflix, it is so tough and I hope they fix it eventually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm at a loss for words for everything. I mean, we've spoken for th- for 40 minutes <laughs> yeah. on it, but it's just it gets to a point where you're just like I just don't. You can't predict anymore. You don't know where it's all going. Um, one no. of the big predictions that's come out, variety article noted, uh, that a uh, media and tech research firm uh, predicts that the global cinema industry is set to lose 32 billion dollars this year alone due wow. to the pandemic. Yeah and a uh, 71.5% reduction in box office revenue compared to 2019. Now, naturally, of course, the numbers aren't going to be the same. No movies have been coming out. People haven't been going to see the movies that are out there. But this is the repercussion that you're going to deal with over the next few years or into the future when movies aren't opening at cinemas. So where does this leave us when it comes to the kind of budgets these studios give to movies. Are we going to get huge blockbuster things? I mean, you've got Disney Plus are throwing like $100 million into something like The Mandalorian, which is like yeah. a, a, a third of the budget of a two-hour movie they're throwing yeah. into like an eight-hour series. So are we going to start seeing these blockbusters made on these really small budgets because they're just not making them? up. $32 billion loss <laughs> at the box office. That's
1: something I am kind of excited about. I know that that might sound bad, but I I would love for Hollywood to step back, re-look at the way they spend, because like something like Terminator Dark Fate, which I'm always up for another Terminator movie, but the fact that they spend, like I think, $150 million on that movie when the series has just been on the decline since the third movie Mm -hmm. just blows my mind that the studio thought it would be a good idea and it would actually make money hopefully with these lower budgets it makes them focus more on the story and i would think that's what would happen but then you look at something like blumhouse that just has such a roller coaster of uh, of quality they make something amazing like get out and then they'll come out with something like fantasy island so just low budget and focusing on story doesn't always work out but at least it kind of minimizes the loss so i i I don't mind if hollywood starts going with these lower budgets and Mm -hmm. maybe adopts a blumhouse model because I, I think it, w- it would be a good way for us to focus more on the storytelling. Yeah,
2: for sure. Well, I know something like The Mandalorian, like, obviously, eight hours, eight episodes, I like guess not eight hours, but eight episodes, yeah. you know, you're throwing in $100 million. But look at that behind the scenes that mm, we got last yeah. night. Yeah. The technology that they're using for that price, and obviously, you have to pay the actors and whatnot. I think it can be done. I mm. think we can make yep. some yeah. bigger scale, beautiful blockbusters for maybe a budget that's a little bit smaller And if you do that, the movies will be more successful that way, right? And and maybe that means we don't get a really famous actor to have a cameo role because you're going to have to pay him a little bit too much money, right? And you're going to go over budget to do that. So, you know, we we may may be a a little bit of a give and take there, but I think it can be done. And honestly, like you, Chris, I'm a little bit excited about Mm -hmm. that at the opportunity of getting some smaller budgets and maybe doing a bit more with it, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it goes for sure. Yeah, I totally
1: believe you make a thirty million dollars Spider-Man movie that has the potential to hit a billion dollars, and oh yeah, sure. it might not, you know, look the the way you expect from everything that we've seen so far. But if the story is good, I don't think we really care.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm watching Mandalorian, and you think this just looks like a film. Like you can't, you wouldn't know. Like the general, a general person, general public wouldn't know this has been made on, you know, the third of a budget of a, of of a two-hour film. Um, It's yeah. it's insane. And this new technology they've got, I think, yeah, so you've got to start costing them less money to make these movies. And then, yeah, maybe that leads to bigger successes. Maybe we're going to see this shift in Hollywood where now a billion dollars isn't the benchmark. It's like 500 yeah. million or 600 million yeah. or something, you know. Uh, it's just, yeah. it just changes everything. Again, right down to just the... Just the, the the smallest things. I mean, you look back to the 1940s, you know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars or like a <laughs> one million, two million million was Game a success buffers. sort of thing. Maybe we're just sort of receding back. Um, if we're talking about crazy spending, we won't spend too much on this one, but um, yeah. Johnny Depp, of course, got kicked off the yeah. Fantastic Beasts films yeah. um, and has been paid out $16 million. He got paid out his entire contract. When they kicked him off the film because they didn't open a morality clause. So essentially, if you know they put this clause in the contract, which is like if you do something to damage our reputation or whatever, we don't have to pay you. There's no morality no morality clause in there. He shot uh, one scene and got paid out sixteen million (laughs) dollars.
2: That's awesome. if i'm getting 16 million dollars y'all can kick me
0: out like that that is and i
2: understand what he's going through like that entire situation is crazy right Mm -hmm. but to not include that and to have to pay that man Uh, we talk about budgets for movies a lot of the money goes to these actors and that is 16 million dollars essentially wasted for fantastic beasts. think about that (laughs) yes so
1: and yeah. especially when you hear like what Dave was saying uh, how much the movie industry is losing and then hearing that they gave in total 20 million dollar bonuses to Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot and I'm like where's Warner Brothers yeah. getting all this money no wonder they're in so much debt where they have to pay yeah. off this stuff uh, but as far as the Johnny Depp situation is all like I, I just always say I, I wasn't in the relationship I wasn't yeah, exactly there right. I, I don't know what happened no, so yeah. You know, I I like him as an actor. I I hope he can bounce back. But again, like I said, I just don't know.
0: That's one of those crazy things, yeah. I just thought, you know, it's worth bringing that up. At at this time where we're talking about losing so much money in the studios and just seeing all these weird little reason of all these weird little avenues where they're losing money and they're just throwing money away or, you know, t- as you said, $10 million to Gal Gadot and $10 million to Patty Jenkins, $16 million to Johnny Depp. It's like, and then you kind of think, movie. you kind of think, well, <laughs> yeah. but this is why they've kept it on the download for everyone else. Cause they're going, Oh, you know what? Once they find out we're throwing away money like this, everyone else is going to want a piece of this pie and we're already losing money on the movies. So you understand where it's coming from, but it's just not a, it's not a good yeah. thing. It's not a good thing. <laughs> Let's move Seriously, on.
2: Like that's, that's the budget for Annabelle.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: That's oh, a wow. movie. Yeah. That's, that's a movie. I mean, I come on guys, it's you're nice. just throwing money away. That is insane. The, the fact that they, it's constantly like that. Uh, so many occasions that we probably haven't even heard of 10 million, 20 million, $30 yeah. million. Dollars. That's another film yeah. from probably a talented filmmaker mm-hmm. that you could have made. So oh, that's yeah. what blows me away about yeah. it.
0: Yeah. It's just, cra- it's crazy money. It's crazy, yeah. crazy, and it's just stuff that we can't comprehend. But to them, it's probably like peanuts. You know, yeah. Johnny Depp <laughs> yeah. was paid. Johnny Depp was it. making so much more on the Pirates films than sixteen million. Oh, that yeah. to him just like oh, just just a little bit more on the side. Give me my sixteen million. But. Um, <laughs> Anyway, let's move on from that um, because it's just, again, so explosive. And there's some m- uh, more just crazy things that's happened this week. Spider-Man oh. 3. Let's go on to Spider-Man 3. What on earth is happening here? This has oh. just come out of nowhere. <laughs> this is like everything that everyone's been like, yes, I want this movie to happen. And it's just suddenly happened. Uh, Mind-blown. Oh it's
1: it, it is too much to comprehend i don't words. even understand i don't even understand what this spider-man movie is anymore because every day we're just hearing so much and it's even like a meme online it's just like this person has joined and this person has joined and even tom <laughs> yeah. holland has joined and and you know like the alfred Mel- well let's talk about like what has been confirmed already yeah. so we know electro and we know yeah. alfred molina um play who's playing Dr. Octopus Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Dr. Strange in there and just those people alone Mm -hmm. as a confirmation that they're in there yeah I am blown away I'm just thinking of the possibilities of what could even happen here and it's funny how all the obvious clues are right there but we're still skeptical and thinking to ourselves is Toby and Andrew gonna show up maybe maybe (laughs) not but it's like it's literally staring us in the face and we don't want to just believe
0: it Well, you posted a picture of – was it Toby – a, a, allegedly going to a um like a, 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 a costuming feed. or something yeah,
1: <laughs> but like that's how crazy they went because like people wanted me to like make an, an own video about that but yeah. I'm like guys literally this is him going to a costume yeah. fitting that we don't even know yeah. if yeah. it's related to Spider-Man 3 he could be doing another movie right yep. now but like even the way that post was was worded on the people <laughs> who, who posted it up they were like Toby Maguire spotted while there's <laughs> these rumors I'm like okay Andrew Garfield eating a bagel while there's yeah. these rumors <laughs> that's just how pump fans are to want to know
2: something about this
0: movie yeah Um, i'm To me to me it was
2: when sam raimi got confirmed for dr strong that's kind of when my blood started pumping up a little bit i'm like all right well you know there's the obvious spider-man connection the movie's titled multiverse of madness Mm -hmm. i mean how do you not get the guy who directed spider-man and not bring in toby mcguire but even then we're all sitting back going nah
0: it's not gonna happen
2: (laughs) but also 10 years ago Did we ever think we were going to see Thanos take on the Avengers? I mean, these things continually blow us away. And in the span of two years, we're getting a DC and the Marvel multiverse. Mm. And I have a good feeling. And I know Andrew Garfield confirmation, all these things. I have a good feeling we're getting Toby back. And I have a good feeling all of these things, maybe – Maybe not the Daredevil. I think the Daredevil. My, yeah. my, my that was a fanboy in me wants the Daredevil. Uh, yeah, but random one. I think these things are coming to pass, guys. And and I have a good feeling about all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like even so much more. Because I mean, Feige, he,
1: he couldn't say too much, which was understandable. And we'll dive deeper into the Disney yeah. Investor Day event. But like that whole event is about buy Disney stock because we're yeah. doing great yes. things. So he can't really say, you know, Spider-Man 3 is coming because then that's Sony and that's yeah. their stock and he doesn't want to promote that. But the one drop. Uh, a line he said there is that Spider-Man yeah. 3 directly affects yeah. what will happen in Doctor Strange 2 and I'm like that movie's literally <laughs> yeah. called Multiverse and I'm still over here trying not to get my hopes up that they'll show up. I- I'm honestly I-, I love Toby. That's the one I grew up with but you know I have a soft spot for Andrew Garfield and I felt like mm-hmm. so bad just the way I feel he was cheated out of yeah. his third movie or he was treated at Sony at the time. I don't even know if you guys were keeping up with the news back then when the Sony leaks were happening and mm. how these uh, board officials fired Andrew Garfield over being late yeah. to one meeting and stuff like that so I'm happy that the there's a chance that they could come back. And even just the thought of they're bringing their girlfriends with them, Kristen Dunst and, and yeah. uh, Emma stone. Like, how is that going to play out? Like, I really feel like this movie has to be four hours long oh. to encompass everything. Cause I already thought he was dealing with too much with his identity out there. Yeah,
2: That's the, the, uh, the, the Andrew Garfield thing is great because it spells redemption. And honestly mm. for Toby too, I mean, it, it, we think great Spider-Man movies, but then you think, Oh, well that last one, I guess, wasn't yeah. that great. Um, <laughs> So redemption for both of those characters. I think of someone like Emma Stone, and and spoiler for Amazing Spider-Man two, but her character died. Should mm. could they be doing another universe yeah. with the Spider yeah. Gwen? I mean, there are a lot yeah. of possibilities with all of these characters. Uh, but I love the redemption arc for yeah. Toby and Andrew, especially Andrew. Uh, mm. Like Chris said, I, I think there's a lot that they could do with that
0: character now. Yeah, it's all, it's very exciting. Again, as I said before, overwhelming. <laughs> Um, You kind of think like the reason Spider-Man 3, the original Spider-Man 3, didn't do well was because they overloaded it with characters, overloaded it with villains and just so much going on. And you look at something like this where you're like, okay, we've got three Spider-Men, we've got three MJs, we've got, uh, you know, all these (laughs) villains are coming back from the old films. We're probably going to have some new villains and stuff. And then, of course, there's random rumours about Charlie Cox is coming back as Daredevil. And you kind of go, this is exciting, but it's also a little bit worrying. They're shoving so much into this movie yeah. if this is true and it doesn't happen to be. Again, it could just be that there's like a, a five-minute segment where they're tra- travelling through the multiverse and, hey, it's Toby, hey, it's, it's Andrew, <laughs> and then it's over. But yeah. what, what do you feel about this? I mean, just all this stuff that's getting supposedly shoved into this one this one film.
1: You know, it's funny to think, you know, we're so scared about this with, you know, Marvel. They gave us Endgame. Mm-hmm. They gave us Infinity War. And that is like um so many characters and they managed yeah. to make it work and we're yeah. still worried about yeah. overcrowding but i mean spider-man just has a history of his movies overcrowding especially when it comes leading up to the third movie they just like to yeah. pack in as many people as they can
2: yeah.
1: i think it'll work out i'm just curious to the amount of screen time mm-hmm. each of these characters will have Absolutely. it'll really suck if these were the surprise cameos yeah and It just all leaked out ahead of time right now um, i'm gonna be like oh okay well that 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 sucks right there but you know, if we get it, I, I have to think this will lead to a bigger event. Even if they are cameos, yeah. I'm thinking there's a the little seeds that maybe the next trilogy. Because I remember back when they signed on Tom Holland, they were like, "No, we want him for like six or seven movies, yeah. going all throughout." Well, the next trilogy, I would love it if each one was inside its own um, Spider World. So the, yeah. the next one will be in Toby's world, and the one after that in Andrew Garfield's world. Then the third one, yeah. Tom Holland ends up back in his in his time, and I'm like, "Oh, that'd be great."
2: <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, that's kind of where I think not cameo necessarily, but planting seeds for the future. Cause if you're getting these guys, if you're getting Andrew and Toby, why not get them on board for a few more movies or at least one more big into the spider verse movie. uh, Even if that plays out in something Mm -hmm. like a doctor strange and planting these little seeds. I want to know though, do you guys trust John Watts and not that he's failed us. I've enjoyed both Spider-Man films quite a bit, Mm -hmm. But he's not the director I look at if this is indeed a Spider-Verse movie. And I say, that's the guy to do a Spider-Verse movie. Now, Marvel trusts him. They gave him Fantastic mm. Four. They obviously yeah. like him a lot. But um, how do you guys feel about John Watts? I'm, I am I am hesitant on
1: him because I'll be honest. I only like Homecoming, okay? I, I kind of like mm. it a little more each time I watch it, but I was not completely in love with it. I was a little disappointed. Far From Home, I ended up loving. I really like what they did there, kind of redeemed John Watts for me. And it, if they gave him Fantastic Four now, it only kind of lets me know that what he's cooking up with three is really good and maybe stepping it up from two. At least yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. Can you imagine if the reviews for three are horrible and people are already bagging on poor John Watts that they don't want him for Fantastic <laughs> Four? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, honestly, I'll have to see this third movie to see if he's capable of, of, of doing it because right now i'm hesitant he gave me yeah. one okay movie and one mm-hmm. really great
0: movie yeah i feel like i feel the same i mean when you look at the the russo brothers being handed captain america after essentially only doing like community and stuff like that you yeah. kind of go geez how are these guys going to handle this and they just blew it away and then they took over the yeah. avengers franchise i mean stories like this happen all the time um so i just hope that, you know, this guy can run away with it. He has done – I mean, look at the Spider-Man movies. They're not huge. They are fairly grounded. I mean, the last one was on a big, big scale, you know, um, Mysterio and going around Europe and everything. They are smaller, more (laughs) intimate stories. So it then does – you kind of feel like, okay, how's he going to handle this big, enormous thing? Um, But but the interesting thing is, like, when you you start to break down, like, Infinity War and Endgame and you look at, like, oh, Iron Man had, like – eight minutes of screen time or something in the movies and you don't realise it. You're there for three hours and you go, oh, well, Iron Man was in it for like eight minutes, but it felt like he's in yeah. it for the whole thing. So I feel yeah. like with Spider-Man 3, they're probably going to do the same thing. They'll stagger, yeah. you know, the appearances and stuff and you're just going to sit there and you just, just going to love it, I think, and yeah. I just hope they pull it off. If this is the route we're going down, let's just hope it. Um, because there's a lot of Marvel stuff coming up, and we're going to talk about that. Um, very, so we'll talk about that later actually. Because we'll go through the the Disney Investor Day, and we'll kind of make our way through. Um, the announcements from all the various subsidiaries and uh, subsidiaries and stuff. We'll kind of touch on the Marvel stuff at the end because that's the exciting stuff. Um, but, yeah, the Marvel have got their uh, – Disney as a whole has got their baskets full. I mean, I was sitting here, as, as you guys would have been as well yesterday, watching the investor panel <laughs> and just going, oh, my Lord. Well, number one, how am I going to cover all of this in the videos? That was uh, my biggest <laughs> stress. N- number two, how on earth am I going to watch all this content? And um, – Yeah, that's it. I was going to say number three, but I don't have a number three. But yeah, just like it's just it's just overload. It's like it's it's overwhelming just thinking about it. Um, I will do a recap. I don't know. I'm talking. I'm thinking about doing a recap of like every major announcement, but I don't know how I'm going to pull that together because it was just so much. I I thought
1: you know I was taking my notes as the event was going on. I told myself I'm just going to shoot one giant video summarizing quickly everything that went down. And as the event kept going and going and going, I was like this is not going to be possible. Nah. I'm going to kill myself trying to make that video. So I just, I broke it down to like, you know, the Marvel event and mm-hmm. the stuff I found most fascinating. Yeah. And if I tried covering every little thing here, I mean, you'll see what I am passionate and not passionate about as we yeah. go through the list.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. I, I,
2: I, I. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I thought I'd get it all knocked out last night because yeah. I did the two hour and 50 minute live stream reacting and I saw other people doing it. So I'm like, you know what? We're going to be Okay. And, you know, the video did well, and I'm like, I got it out of the way, we're good, and then blocked worldwide, uh, due to 40 seconds of content at the end of the three (laughs) hours, it got blocked. So it was gone for three hours. So I said, Oh, man, and I scrambled. So then I did a top 10 moments video. And then my claim they took out the minute, and I was that's good, so lot. the video comes back, and I, that's never happened to me before, yeah. <laughs> so out of that entire three hours, only like 40 seconds of it is what got the video blocked worldwide, and so I ended up having two videos, uh, but I'll tell you what, guys, just seeing that play out in real time, and getting everybody else's reactions, and, and tuning into both of your all's videos, and just seeing Chris's face light up, and and, <laughs> and Dave, your covering of the animation was fantastic, oh, yeah. I Thank just... You. It was one big moment, maybe the mm. first, well, DC fandom, one of the first moments of 2020 where everyone could come together yeah. and get excited about something, mm. not just movies, yeah, anything. yeah. And everyone's saying, I had so many comments, this is the best day of the year so far. And you know what? <laughs> For me, it was one of the best yeah. days because it was just so much fun, man. Yeah,
0: it's, it's funny because when I when we were talking about doing this podcast last week and I was like, you know what, we we should push it back maybe a day just in case there's some big yeah. stuff that comes out of this Disney Investor I've watched these Disney Investor Days for the last few years, and they're never anything like this. It's usually just like last year they went over Disney Plus. They announced, "Oh, here's a bunch of like projects we're making for Disney Plus." Um, they announced some of the Marvel stuff. They announced, you know, a couple of the original films. Very easy. It was so easy for me to get up. I was in England at the time, so I was watching it in the <laughs> evening. So I was able to get up in the morning and do a video, and I was done. Um, and then I thought, you know what, I, I covered the D23 event really, really easily last year. Um, yeah. And then I realised, hang on a minute, that was like all these panels kind of s- spread out over the course of a weekend. And then essentially what we ended up getting yesterday was <laughs> this entire massive D23 panel shoved into one four-hour kind of thing. And I'm sitting there going, there's no way I'm going to be able to cover this the way that you know I even planned to. I sat, I was hoping to get you know video, get a video, get a video, get a bit. No, it did not happen that way. Um, there's just a lot of stuff. Let's start going over it, hey? Because yeah. we've got uh, – we want to cap this off at an hour and a half today. Um, I, I've been going to two hours the last few weeks, and I really don't <laughs> like doing that. And you guys, you've got to get out and do your own thing. So we're going to cap it at half an hour. Let's just go through some of these things, give our thoughts whether we like it and stuff. Some of the bigger stuff we can talk a little bit longer on, but we'll just sort of kind of go through, you know, the bigger stuff. Um, Disney Plus – Announced quite a few things. Raya and the Last Dragon is going to Disney Plus and cinemas. Uh, they're doing the premier access thing that they did with Mulan, except Mulan they didn't put in cinemas. They're putting Raya in cinemas. They didn't announce a price. I'm guessing it's probably going to be about 30 bucks, which was the last time. Maybe they'll bring it down because there was such a big backlash over the $30 price point last time. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing with this is going to see how many people... Go to a cinema and see it because everyone was complaining. Put put more in cinemas. I'd rather have that choice to go. <laughs> this will be that decided to be like. Well, is it actually worth doing this kind of split platforming thing? What are you guys thinking about uh, about this release strategy for Raya?
1: Yeah, not a lot of people are talking about this, but this is their big test term, mm-hmm. I think, for Disney right here. This is going to be their model for the future in okay. determining whether we think we can do sort of an HBO Max thing. This right here is going to be what they determine if like, OK, maybe we could do theater and home release with this little $30 charge right there. Kind of yeah. get the best of both worlds right there. Still curious how Mulan did, but you know i think with the 30 bucks since i'm only a party of two in my household i'll still go to the theater to watch it but i think disney's gonna really be looking at those numbers right there yeah
2: well it was it was strange to see because you know after announcing soul with no charge i'm like oh well i guess mulan didn't do all that great but then we get ryan the last dragon with a charge so why the difference there? Why why soul doing this and Ryan the Last Dragon doing that? It just seems a bit inconsistent for me. Yeah. Uh it is a it's not a bad strategy. Like you guys mm. say, well, you go to the movie, you're gonna spend that much anyway, more than that, mm. with the popcorn. And yeah. you know, so at the end of the day, I think you're honestly saving money if you have a couple members in your family. Yeah. but just the way that they're doing it with Soul this way and Raya this way and whether it keeps going. It's just a bit odd to me, it
0: to feels, be honest. feels like they're experimenting. They're like, let's do it yeah, like this yeah. with this film. We'll do it like this with this film. We'll do it like, what, what else have we got to lose? We've lost so much money this year. Yeah. We've lost. They've lost so much money. Even just pushing the movies back costs them money. Um, and I think they're just like, let's just test out all these different strategies and just see what works best. Um, and instead of going all out like Warner brothers or following Warner brothers and going, yeah, we're going to do the exact same thing, which many people were speculating might've been announced yesterday. I think they're just taking it easy and going, let's try it a few different ways and see what works best for us, what people want. And they'll go forward from there. Um, a big one yesterday. Again, this one didn't get much uh, news, maybe because this is more international. Big for you. Uh, big for me. <laughs> I'm very excited about this one. Uh, yeah. Europe, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and some other international markets will be getting a, a sixth brand title integrated into the Disney Plus app, which is going to be called Star. Um, of course, they have a streaming platform in India called Hotstar so this is essentially like that version of that for kind of, I guess, the the European market. Um, it's going to add general entertainment content to Disney+, Plus PG-13 to 18+. It's going to be stuff uh, that's made by a uh, general entertainment content, as I said, made by like 20th Century Pictures. And I'm assuming a lot of the Hulu stuff is going to wind up. This is essentially like our version of Hulu, but they're integrating yeah. it into the app. Um, you know, up the top, you've got Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar. You're going to have Star up there now as well. Um, and they're going to charge us a little bit extra for it. It's probably going to be, I think, probably, I think in Europe, it's like two euro more, which is probably equates mm-hmm. to about $5 more here in Australia. So we'll see a, a, a price hike. I believe um, in other international territories, such as Latin America, they're launching it as a separate app called Star Plus. And you can either have Star Plus and Disney Plus, or you can get a That's bundle fun. that has both of them in it together. So, again, even this is just a really strange way of them going around and doing this and trying to offer its different content. And I guess it's just based on different countries and what works best. But I'm very excited because it gives me the chance to see some Hulu stuff and, uh, you know, 20th Century Pictures stuff that might have been on, like, FX or, you know, you can going to be bringing Family Guy and stuff like that onto... I, I, I can't complain. It's just a, a and I, I I can't complain about the extra like $5 as well, because look at all the extra content they're going to be giving us, you know, it's essentially getting two streaming platforms into one, you know, people will complain, but at the end of the day, the amount of content that we're getting for free, you know, it's like yeah. you can't complain about it. So um, yeah, I'm very excited about that one. Doesn't doesn't affect you guys. Well, it might it might, who knows? Well, they... no, I
1: mean, yeah, like my mind goes to again, is this a test Are they yeah. testing the inter- international markets first to see if they would be okay with an integrated mature content app within mm. Disney Plus? I was surprised it wasn't announced because I really thought yeah. they were going to merge together, but yeah. I I also have to remember Disney owns the majority of Hulu, but I yep. don't believe they own 100% of it, isn't it? I think they own like, I think it's like 50 or or 60 or something like that. So maybe that's the reason, because I thought that's what they would do is put Hulu in Disney Plus for domestic markets and whatnot. But instead they're keeping it two separate entities there. I mean, the other thing I was excited about is Alien TV series on Mm -hmm. Hulu or FX that'll go to Hulu, but that's cool. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, um, uh, they uh, announced... um, I don't know if I wrote it there, but they did announce that uh, 20th Century Pictures and, Spot- and Searchlight Pictures are going to be making yes. um, original films for Hulu now. So I'm imagining they'll probably go to that's the cool. the Star or, or Star Plus or whatever it is. So more content, can't complain about it even if I have to pay an extra five bucks for it. Um, but yeah, the, so that's that's something that's quite interesting that um, that did come out of there. And again, didn't get much uh, didn't get much airplay. Got buried by all the stuff we're going to talk about now. Disney Animation. This was this was um, exciting for me. Yeah. Um TV series Disney animation are diving into TV series for the first time ever. We've had Disney TV series for years and years and years but never out of Disney animation. So it's been Disney Toon Studios or Disney Animation TV or whatever they call it now. Um it's we're getting actual TV series made by the animation arm which is just so <laughs> exciting for me. Um We're getting a Baymax series. We're getting a Zootopia series, which actually seems a little bit underwhelming to me. Um, We're getting a Tiana series based on Princess and the Frog, which is one of my favourite Disney animations from the last, like, 10, 11 years. And a Moana series as well. The one thing that I'm a bit disappointed about is that there's no original stuff. It's all (laughs) based on previous, so it's not much different to the Tangled series that's on the Disney channel or the other, there's a big hero six show on the Disney channel stuff that I don't even watch, but I'm really (laughs) excited about this, this idea. I mean, where do you, where do you guys, how how do you guys feel about uh, about this announcement?
1: For me, the thing uh, between those four, so the Baymax, Zootopia plus, uh, Tiana and the Moana series that they announced here, the one I, you know, was surprised that you just said uh, the Zootopia plus one is the one that got me because I recently rewatched Zootopia because it was on TV. And I just remember thinking this world is so amazing. Mm. How could they not do a sequel? How could they not explore more parts of this land? Just because it's just so fascinating to see how the animals interact and interlive in this that I would love to see more. And that's what they're doing. Maybe I would have preferred it more like an anthology series where, you know, you see a different animal living in Zootopia and whatnot and what they go through. But I think they're only focusing on three of the supporting characters from the uh, original movie. So that's fine. The Baymax series cool uh tiana also cool moana's cool but i'll probably won't be checking in until i have like a little youngling with yeah. me.
2: <laughs> i i had hoped for a sequel to all of these uh, most yeah. of these movies <laughs> now part of me thinks i don't know if we'll ever see like a moana sequel yeah. now that we have this tv sure. show but they've done that before they've given us shows and still done sequels man i love moana so much i am mm-hmm. hyped yeah, height yeah. to go back to that world and they announced that lin-manuel miranda not necessarily this series but he's just all disney all the yeah. time now with all of the things that pixar and disney is announcing so to revisit that music will be fantastic and yeah. this is just another thing to bring more families into disney plus because yeah, sure. you know, star yeah. wars and marvel and that, that's great but maybe the youngest of young they don't really care about that mm. you see bay mac Come on now that that my kid is 100% going to be tuning into that. Don't have a kid yet. <laughs> will eventually, hopefully, uh, but, uh, but we will, we will just have to see if this even further expanding into the younger and younger, more family yeah. members, more people for Disney plus and their subscriber count is going to go through. The oh, for
0: sure. I mean, they announced, I didn't write it down here. What was their subscriber count at the moment? Something like 6 million, I think. million yeah, and nine, they predicted they'd have 60 crazy. within four years. They said Why? something like they predict like 260 million subscribers over the next three years or something crazy oh, like that. Geez. It's like yeah, this and thing that was is behemoth with barely any content. Oh yeah. They, yeah, there's nothing. The only like big blockbuster original thing that's on there at the moment is Mandalorian. Yeah, and uh, that's been that's been a lot of people's big uh, com- complaint, I guess, coming out of it is like. What this original content they're giving us, they're giving us these fluffy original films and a few series like High School Musical, The Musical, The Series, or whatever it is. Um, and The yeah. Mandalorian is <laughs> really the only big thing. But once you watch the eight episodes of The Mandalorian, a lot of people are tuning out or, or you know, canceling yeah. subscription. Yeah. With all this stuff, I mean, you've got all these series. As you said, it's going to keep those families. just, And that's what they want. I mean, that's the lifeblood of the Disney company is that family audience. Um, and Pixar, we will talk about Pixar in a minute. Um, we'll talk about this now because it's kind of very similar. But Ki- Pixar is doing two um, series as well, yes. one based on Cars and one based on Up which will focus on um, Carl and and the dog, Doug. It's called Doug Days, uh, which is going to be quite <laughs> interesting. So even Pixar's getting in on this. They're doing a, uh, a series called Win or Lose as well, which is going to be their first yeah. long-form series. So even Pixar's jumping into making these animated series. It's all just really looking up for the original content as far as uh, television shows uh, go for, for Disney+. Plus. When you're talking about the the family crowd um disney animation announced their next film it's called i, I think it's pronounced Enca- Encanto, um which takes you to columbia where a magical family live in a magical home and as you said lin-manuel miranda all in on that disney yeah. he's yeah. doing the music for this i cannot <laughs> wait cannot wait
1: yeah i, I i'm excited for that I, i'll have to see more footage from it but the yeah. mus- little snippets of music that they played i i yep. thought were really well
2: yeah yeah it, it looks just the foray into and you mentioned the what was it truth was it the, the, the Disney yeah. one win or the lose, or win or win lose. lose, yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's to me, just they sparked that idea while writing yeah. this movie, and now they're making like classic that's Pixar the originality, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, yeah. so I want that originality, man. And this Encanto, and, and that I mean, all of these things yeah. just feel like. Disney and Pixar, they're, they're finding their groove yeah. and they're using Disney Plus to do it. So I just love it, man. I yeah. love seeing
0: that. Particularly Pixar. I mean, they've been doing so many sequels recently and it's almost like yeah. they, they you know that they're just burning to do some original yeah. stuff. <laughs> and this is giving them an outlet. I, I yeah. uh, spoke to uh, some some members from the, the core animation team that worked on Frozen and the new Frozen short that went on Disney Plus. And that was sort of yeah. saying the same thing that this Disney Plus he's given them this more creative outlet and the studio mm-hmm. is just as um, you know good with them at, with this as they are on the films letting them just kind of have that freedom and you know got the smaller smaller budget smaller time frame but you know let them just yeah. do their own thing and as we said win or lose um, for those who aren't aware it's this series again you said they, they spawned this idea off the back of working on Toy Story 4 where Sorry. one artist yeah. um, would come out of a meeting thinking that was great and the other artist Thought that was a disaster, so they're sort of doing this series that's kind of based around the idea. I think the whole series is based on this one week at a school, and each episode is a different um, uh, perspective, mm. a different character. It's crazy, and that's that's a Pixar it's that crazy. we know and love. It's great to see more of that, uh, more of that coming back. Um, Pixar man. They are going to kill it over the next few years, some of these, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, some of these films they've announced. Uh, Turning Red is one, uh, it's about a 15-year-old girl who turns into a big red panda when she gets too excited. <laughs> it's uh, described as like the Incredible Hulk, but cuter. Uh, yeah. What do we th- think about this one? That,
1: that caught me by surprise when they were describing it. Because I was like, oh, obviously she just turns extremely red. Maybe <laughs> just come for having to deal with it. And then it turned into a panda. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, the funny thing is whenever Pixar comes with an original, I always dislike the idea at first. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I, like whenever The Up came out and it was like a little boy with a scoutsman, floating house, and, and, and so on <laughs> and so forth. I always go through this process where I just don't like the idea they come out with. Mm-hmm. I see the movie, and I absolutely and love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this is going to turn out the same way. So, yep. And I can relate to it. I, I, I'm a person who gets read very often. Yeah. I'm sure that's <laughs> kind of the little metaphor that they were trying to go with. So yeah. I, I think it's going to be cute.
2: Yeah. I normally don't even respond to Pixar's trailers all that often. Yeah. Soul's an exception, yeah. but Onward and Toy Story 4 and even Incredibles 2, I'm like, I mean, the trailer's just a little disappointing. And then mm. you see the movie and they blow so you good, away. Yeah. So I, I know this is an idea. It looks a little cheesy, okay, but you, Pixar, you just can't. They're yeah. like Studio Ghibli. It's yeah. Pixar. So you have yeah. to trust them. And I think this idea is so cute with Turning Red.
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same with you, Chris. I, I, you always just, I think it's even with the Disney stuff is like, oh, the concept oh. is just, uh, but then you're more <laughs> you hear about it and then you're more you see and you're like, geez, this is amazing. Even when they announced Soul at first it was a bit like, it just sounds like yep. Inside Out. It's like, are we doing the same <laughs> no. thing again? Is this a sequel? Is that? And then they just completely. I haven't seen that yet. You, you guys have seen Soul, right? I, I have
1: not. I was have denied not? a screener. Oh. <laughs> I, it's okay. I,
2: it's okay. I have. Uh, well, you know what? Yeah, it's my number one movie of the year. Wow. Very excited. That's as far as now I'm, I'm
1: really upset they
2: denied me.
0: Yeah, well, I'm here <laughs> Sorry, with you. I'm waiting on my clearance okay. for that one That's too. Okay. Apparently the clearance um, through that title is going through the US arm. So I've had to put in my request oh, with, the U- with the Australian arm of Disney Plus and it goes through the US and they decide who gets it or not. So... I've been waiting for a week to hear back. I don't know what's going to happen. So <laughs> I might be sitting there on Christmas Day and watching it uh, along with you, Chris. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, a lot of watch on Christmas Day. Oh, so much. And we I went God, over that a couple yeah. of weeks ago on here. Just all the movies that are coming out, like Netflix, that Tom Hanks film, News of the World. And, oh, man, I'm just... Uh, yeah, and I just reviewed right. that go today. That's big... a good one. That's well, a good there one. Go. There you go. <laughs> um, the big one that came out of Pixar. We talk about originality and stuff. We are talking about sequels. <laughs> This is a bit of a combination of the two, and this is something that no one expected. This has come out of absolutely nowhere, Lightyear, Uh, with Chris Evans. uh, There's a lot of controversy around this. There's a lot of confusion (laughs) around this as well. Essentially what this film is is a Buzz Lightyear movie. but It's not Buzz Lightyear, the toy. This is, if you look in-universe at Toy Story, the toy of Buzz Lightyear was... An action figure based on a film or a franchise, and this film we're getting is in essentially an in-universe movie that the that the toy was based on. So essentially, like you go see the Avengers at the cinemas, you go to the you go to the toy shop and you buy a Captain America toy. Essentially, in the Toy Story universe. Andy's bought Buzz Lightyear because he's seen this Buzz Lightyear movie. And we're going to get the film. It's like a movie in a movie. This is usually something they would do on television, but we're getting Mm. like this big blockbuster Buzz Lightyear film. And Chris Evans is going to be voicing, (laughs) I mean, inspired casting, Captain America himself voicing Buzz Lightyear. (laughs) What are your thoughts? I can see you both just absolutely smiling ear to ear.
1: I was what you know we were all glued to the event watching what they were announcing and stuff and I was expecting another original or something like that I didn't think they would announce a sequel after they just made Mm. sequel series on there but when that title came up light year instantly I knew what it was and I was blown away that they would actually do it because just just thinking about the potential the visuals the style of what this could be. They, they have another franchise on their hands right here, oh, basically. Sure. I know Pixar doesn't love making sequels, but this is something I would love to see done. Just looking at the first opening of Toy Story 2, and, and you see the video game that Buzz is going through, yeah. and that we're basically getting an extended movie version of that. Yeah. Really dig it. I also don't mind that they, they took Chris Evans as the voice. Mm-hmm. I, Tim Allen is great, but I, I was saying, you know, in Toy Story 4, I started to hear yeah, the, his him. age in the voice, and, yeah. and that's no fault to him. Everybody will get that that eventually but what yeah. they're trying to do is go for someone young and this even yeah. happens a lot in real life even tom yeah. hanks doesn't do the voice for no. for woody for video games and toys no. that's his brother mm. that he outsources it to so i mean it, it's common i i can't wait for this
0: yeah
2: i i lost my mind yeah. <laughs> i i couldn't believe it i love the movie what was it buzz Lightyear of star command yeah, the, anim- the, little the animated film. animated film. Yeah. and i always said to myself you know i i wish disney would do something like this but with that Pixar flavor yeah. that we know and yeah. love. And sure enough, we get that. Not only yeah. that, Chris Evans, it's Captain Ugh. America, y'all. He's Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> like, that is so cool to me. And I don't mind Tim Allen because, yeah. again, we're going younger. And they even said this is like when Buzz is kind of, you know, finding mm. his own. And I am just sci fi. Like, we had sci fi with Wally, right? Yeah. This yeah. is a sci fi superhero. Just all out action packed Pixar movie that I never knew I wanted in mm. this fashion. One of my favorite announcements, top two of oh, the night for me. Absolutely. I, I just lost it. It was crazy.
0: Oh, this was the only time, I think, in the whole panel where I audibly <laughs> went, oh my Lord. <laughs> Like what? Yeah. So late like, year, they'd said, "Oh, yes. we're doing this science fiction movie, unlike anything we've ever done before. Check this out!" Lightyear. I was like, "Oh my! What oh, no. on earth?" <laughs> Toy Story is one of the first movies I saw in cinemas. Yeah. I'm a kid of the '90s. This was, I think, the Lion King was the first one I saw in '94. I saw Toy Story in '95. So I've been yeah. with these characters my whole life, just as you guys have. And just seeing, like, "Oh, mate, this is so amazing." I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even mad that Tim Allen's not here either, yeah. because it's understandable, like, because like you said. Yeah. You buy an action figure; it's it's hardly ever the actual voice of the person that's in the film because of all these licensing things. The only time yeah. they've ever done Toy Story dolls with Tim Allen and, and um and Tom Hanks's voices is to tie in with the films because they've got all yes. that bundled into their contracts and everything. But when there's not a new movie out, there's just other people doing the voice, whether it's Tom Hanks's brother or just some other you know voice yeah. voice artist. So it really does work that way, that Andy would have gone to yeah. see a a, toy, a a Buzz Lightyear film and bought the doll and had a different voice. I mean, Patrick <laughs> Warburton did the voice of Buzz Lightyear in the animated series, so uh, Buzz Lightyear was yeah, yes. So
1: So I don't even remember when Buzz Lightyear fights himself in the toy store. Is that also another Tim Allen? Is he doing the think two voices Tim or was well, that someone yeah.
0: else playing? It was Tim oh, Allen's as well, but <laughs> I think he did a different voice. yeah. 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 Uh, So it's, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. A lot of people are saying, oh, they've dumped Tim Tim Allen because he's been a bit controversial lately. Uh, We won't go too far into it, but he's been posting some like some crazy stuff on Twitter and stuff and people (laughs) haven't been very happy with him. And um, people are saying maybe they've dumped him because of that. I just think it was a creative yeah, decision. I'm, I just think yeah. it was they've gone they through the motions. Someone young sounding. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Chris Evans' inspired choice. I think it's the best. I mean, yeah. if we're not <sighs> if we're not going to get him back as Captain America on the big screen, I mean, Buzz Lightyear that is just the second best thing. I think.
1: Now, let, let me just pitch this real quick. I know we got yeah. a lot more, but let me just yep. pitch this. This is what I said I want to happen in the Buzz Lightyear mm-hmm. world. Basically, what they do is, is they're like Star Trek. They travel planet to planet. They help people. Being they're space cops and whatnot. I want them to end up on a planet that's filled with cowboys, Woody's Roundup, oh, yes. and that's how yes. we get yeah. Woody the persona meeting Buzz Lightyear the space <laughs> man. I could see that happening.
0: That would be so. We know
1: good. Woody has his own persona out there with yeah. Woody's Roundup, so I'm just throwing that out there. Pixar.
0: Well, I feel like I, oh, I feel like Woody's Roundup. Everyone probably would have thought, well, that's probably the thing they would have announced first. But I feel like a western yeah. is so hard to sell these days, yeah. and I think I maybe I think maybe if. If this takes off, maybe they'll have a, a double think and go, you know what, maybe we'll we'll do a Woody's roundup. I mean, I love Westerns. You're not a huge fan of Westerns, Chris. We discussed this previously. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Only
1: Back to the Future <laughs> 3. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <That's it>. um, <laughs> but I think it would be cool. I think it would be cool if they, did, if they did something like that. But anyway, that's just spitballing at the moment. I'm very excited about Light. yeah, This is, <laughs> yeah. again, one of my huge takeaways from this. Um, yeah. Lucasfilm are killing it as well. Just, oh, yeah. just as I'm at this point where I'm like, not feeling the love for that much love for Star Wars anymore, you know everything's happened with the the films, and I was a little bit sourd in the last movie. I felt it wasn't great um, and then just the reaction you get from other fans when you cover Star yeah. Wars content it's just like to me it's not worth covering Star Wars content anymore because I just I'm over it but man i'm yeah. feeling I'm feeling the love again i'm feeling excited for some Star Wars stuff they've, oh, yeah. Yeah. they've announced ten TV series <laughs> to start with, which is pretty excessive. Um, But we'll go through them quickly and then we'll kind of talk about what ones we're excited about. We've got uh, two series which are going to be set within the Mandalorian timeline. Uh, Rangers of the New Republic and we've got an Ahsoka series which will star uh, Rosario Dawson. will come back as uh, Ahsoka here. Um, and these will, again as I said, be in the timeline of the Mandalorian and they'll lead to like uh, what's called a massive crossover event. So they're trying to do the Marvel yeah. thing where they're going to tie these things. That gets me really excited. Uh, we're going to get a Cassian Andor series. We've heard about this in the past, um, but they're in production on this in London at the moment. They've just started that um tony uh, gilroy uh is, is attached to that who wrote the first four born films he directed born legacy yeah. he was one of the many many screenwriters that did rogue one they played a sizzle reel looks fantastic uh, they've announced the bad batch animated series i don't know much about that i don't watch the animated shows it's set immediately after yeah, episode three fans of the animation are going to be very excited about that i'm sure a lando series They didn't announce whether we're going to have Donald Glover in it or what, but there's a Lando series coming out. There's one called Acolyte, a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final day of the High Republic era, which is about 100 years before A New Hope. Got an anime series called Star Wars Visions. We've got some animated droid show called A Droid Story. Um, (laughs) This is crazy, but the biggest one, the biggest thing of all, Obi-Wan Kenobi. we know this is happening for a while. Ewan and McGregor came out at D23 and said, We're doing it, we're doing Obi-Wan Kenobi. But this is what everyone's been waiting for. Hayden Christensen is back yeah. as Darth Vader in what has been described as the rematch of the century. And I am so excited. <laughs> my oh my lord. I am I grew up with the prequels so as good. you guys would have. I love the prequels. Yeah. They're the Star Wars movies of my childhood. I love them. Hayden yeah. Christensen, some of the, you know, the acting, you look at the acting in episode two and three, the acting's not great. I always put that down to L- George Lucas's direction. Um, I always thought George Lucas isn't a great director. He's a brilliant filmmaker, brilliant producer, brilliant writer. But I, I always thought his direction was maybe a little bit off. He was going for the whole space opera thing. Um, but I always loved Hayden Christensen as account. I loved the whole cast. Natalie Portman was great. Hugh um, McGregor, Obi-Wan. And then we're finally getting Hayden Christensen back. And I feel like if The Mandalorian is anything to go by, we're going to get this deep, grungy, sort of really serious, dramatic take on this character that we really want. Obi-Wan's going to go. But, I mean, so what are we all excited (laughs) about? What are we all excited about? Let's talk about Obi-Wan first. Let's talk about Obi-Wan. We're on a roll here.
1: All right. I'll go first just because, like I said, I'm the casual Star Wars fan. That's the guy who owns a little Baby Yoda behind him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that That, show one, isn't it? That really expensive one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I just couldn't resist. I had to have it. But as a casual fan who just only watches the mainstream movies and the Mandalorian, I never got into the animated series or anything yeah. like that. Things that excited me the most is the the Obi Wan show. Just because mm-hmm. that announcement of Hating Christensen back is Darth Vader gonna be fighting? Are they gonna Mando him and keep him maybe in the Darth Vader suit the entire time, and it's just his voice acting, or yeah. will they actually you know spend the money on the practical effects to have him all messed up or whatnot? But mm-hmm. thing I am curious about, like from um. A canon point is, you know, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fight again and there's another battle where there's a winner or a loser between them. I'm kind of curious to see that. So they fought three times technically when we thought it was always just two times with yeah. the lava area and then you know, and, uh, New Hope. But aside from that, the movies are uh, really exciting to me, the, especially uh, the Patty Jenkins one. Yes. Uh, at, I call it Top Gun of Star Wars, yeah. is what it seems like it's going for. So that could be a lot of fun with a lot of great characters and whatnot. Curious to see how, you know, other Star Wars fans get into that. But the Taika Waititi one, I think, yeah. is the number one because the way they de- described it is fresh, unique, different, and as a casual fan who feels intimidated sometimes by the Star Wars content, because mm. I liked Ahsoka Tana's presence in The Mandalorian, but I felt like I was missing something because I yeah. never watched The Clone Wars or all yep. these other uh, shows to yep. really be enthralled with the character. So whatever Taika Watiti's is doing seems like it's it's fit for casual mm. fans to just jump in and have some fun in yep. the Star Wars universe.
2: Just that uh, just that logo we got with Taika's movie announcement. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's that like a Star trademark. The colors? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Seriously, it's yeah. like because he brought that style and flavor to Ragnarok. Yeah. Kind of a rejuvenation there. Is he going to bring that to Star Wars? I thought the Patty Jenkins yeah. announcement was kind of almost like that Hayden Christensen mm-hmm. out of nowhere. So random, but it was so great to hear. She deserves oh. it. She's amazing. Um, Dave, you got to interview her. I did. I, I know you know she's amazing. She's incredible, um, yeah. <laughs> And then something like an acolyte, obviously Hayden Christensen blew me away. One of my favorite announcements. Mm -hmm. I I just with you guys grew up with the prequels. I think that third movie is genuinely one of the better star Wars films. Mm -hmm. Um, But acolyte, man, this is cool. This is really cool. And this could be one of the darkest star Wars things we've ever seen on screen, uh, big or small, because if we're dealing with the, the rise to power from the dark side uh, in the final days of the High Republic era, that is a very important era of Star Wars that we've only ever seen uh, in flashbacks, in, in the animated series, and then novelizations. Mm. To see that on the small screen, I think is going to be super cool. And I'm interested to see what talent is associated with that. Just that lightsaber cutting through the logo there <laughs> yeah. um, gives me a good idea what that's going to be. And people are wondering, like, you know, we need, we need more lightsaber battles. We're going to get that with Ahsoka. I think we're really going to get it with Acolyte. And oh, I can't wait for, for
0: that. Sure. Oh, it's very exciting. Now, I did, I actually, br- I brushed over the movies. You you guys mentioned them. I didn't even, I'm so excited about Hayden Christensen. <laughs> oh, but yeah, there's these two upcoming films, which is Rogue Squadron, which is uh, what uh, Patty Jenkins is doing, um, yeah. and Taika Waititi is doing some weird, we don't really know much about it, but know. that logo you said, it reminded me of something from like Mad Magazine or something. All you when need they to know just, from that logo, uh, right? It's <laughs> just like, oh, it's just going to be just wild and wacky and just, I'm, I'm so excited about really a very vast majority of this. The only things that I could give or take is probably a droid story and maybe yep. the Bad Batch because I'm not into like the animated stuff, but everything else there just gets me really excited. Uh, Lucasfilm did mention two other projects that they're working on, a Willow sequel series um yep. which uh, he's gonna star. warwick davis as well who's a great guy i love his stuff um i only and... know him as the leprechaun yes <laughs> <laughs>
1: but i love him as a leprechaun
0: yeah he's great he's he's fantastic um and it's gonna be show run by john m Chu, who did crazy rich asians gi joe yeah. retaliation um i'm not cool. huge on willow was not a film i i kind of maybe watched it once Never maybe twice yeah. um it's one of those just very kind of eighties fantasy low budget okay. kind of things. Yeah. It's a bit of fun. Maybe I can, maybe I'll re- revisit it. I, I I'm sure I will revisit before the film. Um it's one of those cult classic things really. Um and they're talking about Indiana Jones Five again, which keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed. Um Nothing James, really new on that though. No, well they officially announced James Mangold as director. I've yeah, sort of been talking that. about that. But as far as anything else, as it's like I, this is a movie that I feel like, I mean, we get these big announcements and stuff and occasionally things don't happen. I mean, Marvel announced yeah. Inhumans and oh, yeah. whenever else schedules get changed. Pandemics happen. Uh, but movies, d- directors drop out, uh, stars pass Maybe away of, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, Harrison Ford's getting a little old, yeah. older, um, <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to die or anything, but I'm just saying no, he's getting know. older but to it's play. A possibility. You know, it, yeah. It's a possibility that anything could happen. I feel like this is that one. If you're going to pick anything out of everything that's been announced, I feel like this is that one that's kind of in jeopardy. Specific, uh, uh, I mean, there's got to be a reason Steven Spielberg stepped away from it as well, too, because he was originally attached. I just, I just don't have a great feeling about uh, Indiana Jones 5. They are calling it yeah. the conclusion or the yeah. final indiana jones <laughs> film which is the music to my ears because I, I did not like the last
1: one yeah i want a better finale too yeah
0: um so yeah. hopefully they hopefully it happens i'm interested to see it hopefully they pull it off hopefully it's okay but I, that's the one that i kind of feel like uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen there let's i agree let's move on to marvel okay, we've oh, got right. uh we're pushing it for time, so we'll go through the Marvel stuff here um, so it wasn't a well I was going to say it wasn't a lot of huge stuff, but uh I mean a lot of the stuff was just kind of more like um announcements or confirmations of things that we knew before. Yeah. Um, Falcon of the Winter Soldier, Wonder Vision, Loki. We got trailers for that. One big takeaway from that was Owen Wilson in Loki, wow, which I looks very cool. Wow, wow. Uh, Miss <laughs> uh, Miss Marvel, Miss Ms Marvel, rather. Um, they've officially announced Iman Vellani in the cast of that. She's the the young girl. She's been plucked out of nowhere. Has been cast. I think she <laughs> looks fantastic. She seems oh, yeah. very excited and very happy to be in it, and that's what you want. Um, Captain Marvel 2, they're saying that Eman Vellani will be starring in that as well as Ms. Marvel. So there's that crossover you're going to get. That is so awesome. Um, And Tayona Paris, who is playing uh, Monica Rambeau in WandaVision, the older, because she was the young girl in the first Captain Marvel, now she's going to be the adult version in WandaVision. She's then going to be in Captain Marvel 2. So we're starting to see how it's all piecing together here. Hayley Steinfeld has been uh, confirmed yeah. as Kate Bishop. Uh, saw <laughs> she Chris looks Park. awesome in the set She's photos. Amazing, amazing. She's terrific. She's an incredible, incredible actor, and she just looks the part. I mean, this, yeah. is, this is the one we've all been excited for, and as you said, set photos just looks absolutely terrific. I'm so excited to see that. Uh, She-Hulk, Tatiana Maslany, has been confirmed Um, There was rumours about it a while ago. Then she came out and was like, no, there's no truth to that. I don't know where this has come from. Now it's been confirmed. (laughs) Protecting
1: her her position. Yes, (laughs)
0: exactly. Um, Mark Ruffalo will be back as the Hulk uh, for the series, which is good. Um, The big news, uh, the big announcements here is two new series. Iron Heart, which will focus on Riri Williams. Who's the younger girl who takes on the um, Iron Heart? Sort of essentially takes over after Iron Man becomes the Iron Heart. Um, there's going to be an Armor Wars series with Don Cheadle as a War Machine, Rhodey, which is going to be so cool. That's a really cool. I haven't read a lot of the comics, but the I, the Armor Wars arc is just like absolutely spot on, amazing. Um, and Secret Invasion, Sam Jackson. Nick Fury is back. Um, ben Mendelsohn is back as Talos, um, which is, I feel like, I mean, a lot of people have been thinking that this is going to be the, um, you know, that next overarching thing of the MCU, but I feel like I'll we're going the way of the multiverse. Are we going to have like this big event series? I mean, Disney Plus thing's going to try and emulate that kind of thing, and that's going to be the big Disney Plus thing we're going to work towards. Secret, war, uh, secret Invasion. I'm moving really quick here, but we will, I will give you okay? a chance to chip <laughs> in in a second. Guardians of the Galaxy, holiday special. James Gunn said he was as a child he loved the Star Wars holiday that's special. Awesome. He's been bugging Feige, give me a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special it's finally <laughs> happening for Disney Plus. I am Groot. They're giving him like a, a short series. Don't know if it's going to be animated or whatever, but that's going to be interesting. Ant Man and the Wasp three has finally been confirmed as Quantum Mania. Uh, Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly are back. Uh, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer are back. Uh, new actress has been cast for Cassie um, Lang, mm-hmm. uh, Catherine Newton. Um, and uh, we're going to get Jonathan Majors in there as Kang the Conqueror as well. Uh, Christian Bale has been officially announced uh, as Gore the God Butcher for Thor Love and Thunder. and Jamie uh, Alexander will return as Sif finally. I mean, (laughs) I've been waiting. When's she coming back? And she's finally back. Um, And the big one, uh, two of the big ones, uh, Black Panther 2, they're not going to cast uh, – recast Chadwick Boseman, so they're not going to bring T'Challa back in. Very surprised. Um, yeah. They're going to honour his legacy. They've pushed the movie back a little bit, and they're going to – who knows what they're going to do with that. Um, I can't I can't even speculate on it at the moment. It's kind of like <laughs> they could, could go any direction. Um, and Fantastic Four is finally <laughs> announced – with John Watts, as we touched on before, uh, the, the, has yeah. done the Spider-Man films. He's on Fantastic Four. Okay, guys, what are you most excited about out of this? Uh, there's a lot to unpack. Um, just right. go, just go wild. I,
1: I'm just gonna go with with the. I'm, I won't go through the entire list. So uh, off off the trailers here, really awesome trailers. Wandavision stuff looked good. Can't wait to watch that in January. I'm loving the look of the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. I, there was even like a tweet that came out that I'm like, I kind of agree with that. Is people make fun of the way the Marvel movie Movies look kind of bland or the cinematography isn't that great, but the style and choice of Falcon and Winter Soldier was awesome. And they were just showing off the amount of money they put in the show with elongated shot of Falcon flying through uh, the canyon, avoiding those missiles. I'm really excited to see how that turns out and where that goes. But the Loki trailer is the one that actually got me the most surprised. And now that hyped me up the most where it's like almost Loki's the Forrest Gump of the MCU where he's BD Cooper. He's all in all these other events and Owen Wilson is, Uh. he looks fantastic. And just like that short little time in that elevator, I'm like, I want this character so bad. So that Loki (laughs) TV series looks awesome. I also love the way he looked in the suit at the very end, pulled from the comics. Uh, That was awesome. Um, The fact that they're bringing Miss Marvel into Captain marvel 2 they're sticking to their word of transitioning over it's not like the netflix daredevil thing where they're like yeah, yeah they're, they're in the same universe but you know movies ain't really going to talk about them or do anything there yeah. now they're like no they're they're pulling them over so you kind of have to watch these shows so they're, mm. they're not going to waste any time then with like sticking to an origin story it'll probably yeah. be like a one second line in uh captain marvel yeah. 2 where they explain where miss marvel comes from it's like if you didn't watch the disney plus show then i'm sorry um Yeah, All these announcements, though, for all these other younger Avengers coming in, I'm like, they're building up to a young Avenger movie. They have so many teenage characters building Mm -hmm. up with Kate Bishop, Haley Steinfeld, and them replacing the girl from Endgame, that Casey Lang with Catherine Newton that I feel bad for the actress. But I understand because they're obviously yeah. trying to make her a superhero. And I, I just recently saw her in the movie Freaky. She was fantastic in right. it. And I guess uh, I was surprised with the Chadwick Boseman not being a recast because mm. I thought maybe they would want to continue. Because, you know, yeah. they had big plans for, T- oh, for sure. uh, T'Challa in the so. MCU. He was supposed to be one of the top tier moving forward. So now I'm curious to what Black, 2's, Black Panther 2 is going to be about because I'm like, whoa, what are they going to do now? Um, but aside from that, the, the Fantastic Four announcement with John Watts, I got to admit, when I saw his name pop up, I kind of went, oh, yeah. well, I, I would have <laughs> rather maybe a different director, someone fresh, someone new step in, but I, I liked homecoming i loved far from home and if they're giving it to him that's great the only thing i say is this whole time he's been a sony employee his checks have been signed by sony he was taking orders by sony now he's a hundred percent fully under marvel control with that collaboration so i think now we're going to see what john watts can really do with some superheroes okay that's the stuff that excited me
2: yeah Yeah, going off the John Watts point, I'm with you. You know, Fantastic Four was my favorite announcement of the night. Just the logo and the fact that it's coming got me excited. I was freaking (laughs) out. But John Watts, I feel like he's one of those directors that is like a good director for a studio to have. I feel like he's just, okay, you're going to give me this. I'm going to implement it, combine both studios. He it's plays a hard ball. thing to do. Mm. He plays ball, man. Exactly. That's exactly what he does. And I feel like um, Feige's got some ideas. Everyone involved, they have ideas. They know what they want for Fantastic Four. Hopefully, you know, Krasinski comes in and gives them some oh, ideas. Yes, <laughs> See, that's what I was hoping for we didn't get. Yeah. But that got me excited. The Secret Invasion one, I flipped out, because yeah, yeah. there are two very big events happening right now in the MCU, and both are going to lead to massive things. Mm-hmm. This could be the Disney Plus thing. We yeah. have the multiverse in the movie space, and now Secret Invasion, which is a massive storyline in the comics, one I've always wanted to see. It looks like it's coming to fruition, and if Nick Fury was going to have any show, which they we got rumor of a, a little bit back... This is the show I want him to be the head of because, man, Secret Invasion is just going to combine everything we love about the Marvel Universe and all of these other announcements from a Hawkeye to uh, an Ironheart, which looks great, Armor Wars. It it all just – Oh, yeah, Armor Wars. I feel like they know – Yeah, (laughs) Armor Wars, man. I mean that – Don Cheadle deserves it. Oh, for sure. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. War Machine, where is he going to be? You know, where is mm. he going to pop up? And, and there's not a big opportunity for him in the movies. This is his series. Now, we finally get to see something I think we've been lacking in the MCU. War Machine at the mm. forefront, yes, giving I us everything he's got, man. And this is going to rock. Um, and then you look at the trailers that we got. I'm with Chris. I think the Loki trailer rocked it, completely surprised me. The look of Falcon and the Winter Soldier it, is incredible. It's the closest thing maybe even closer than Black Widow to Winter Soldier um, that I've seen from Marvel just from the trailer. Yeah. And guys, WandaVision's coming out in a month. I mean, mm. this is going to kind of set the tone for the future of the MCU. And I'm interested to see once these shows and, and movies start rolling out, how often we're getting content at that point, right? Because right yeah. now it's been The Mandalorian and then some random movies here mm. and there. But once we start rolling out with this Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, it's going to be one after another. Oh, yeah. Pixar Pixar episode this week, Marvel episode this week, stories. Oh, for sure. And <laughs> yeah, I have to it's I have going to. to be especially if we cover these individually, yeah. it's going to be exhausting I for know. us, along with all the other yeah. stuff that we're doing. But what a time to be oh, a fan, especially of Marvel, man. This yeah. slate, what a time to be a fan of Marvel. And this was all without.
0: Spider-Man news. Oh, yeah. Oh, exactly yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, they we, like, couldn't because of Sony, but they've just gone, you know what? Yeah. Oh, you know, there's Spider-Man stuff. Look, what, we got. Stuff. look yeah. what I got in my back pocket, oh. Kevin Feige. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was at this point, and I think a lot of people are like this, um, at the end of Avengers Endgame, you're like, oh, where do we go from here? I mean, this is the big yeah. culmination we've been waiting for for 10, 11 years. Where do we go from here? I don't know if I can get a, this excited again for Marvel. <laughs> Look at this. This is insane. Oh and we've got all these big storylines. You've got the multiverse. You've got the secret wars. You've got, uh, sorry, secret invasion. You've got no, um, armor wars, which has kind of been brushed under the rug, but that's a big arc as well in the comics. That's a big monumental arc. We've got so much And Abomination
1: coming back. Yeah. Oh, home. yes. Yeah.
0: I knew I missed something. Oh, man. I've got Tom Tim Rother's back. Oh, my Lord. So it's, everything's happening. Everything's tying together. And even if we're talking about Spider-Man 3, if we're opening up the multiverse and all of these other Marvel movies that have been made over the last 40-odd years or whatever are now becoming (laughs) canon as well. I mean, what kind of possibilities do we know? Like Hugh Jackman, I mean, coming in as Wolverine. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to have to happen at some point, even if it's just a quick, like in a Deadpool movie or something, pops in. I mean, (laughs) even just to know that in some way that Hugh Jackman wolverine can be considered canon even if it's in a multiverse it's just like man Mm -hmm. what a time to be alive Uh, but and it's smart for
1: disney because they own the rights to those dvd sales and whatnot so they're like Uh how do we push these sales without really you know doing something (laughs) with these characters but the only thing i think about when i see this entire list in five years or in 10 years when i have a child or whatnot how am i going to start showing them the mcu because you thought it was complicated to show them 20 movies in a row Now you have to remember what series came in between each movie and what event and what episode, and it's like – Oh, little Johnny, you're gonna have a hard time here. You've got six. <laughs> you've got uh, what
0: the five other Spider-Man movies and all the X-Men movies. Yeah. Depending what they do, I mean, you're gonna oh, be. Oh, man. it's gonna be insane. I mean, it's, hard, it's it's been easy for us. We go along. I mean, the yeah. movie, cinema didn't hasn't had a long existence before now. Really, no. when you think about it, it's 110, yeah. 115 years old or whatever. So the movies That's that true. I've had to grow up with in the last 30 years is like been fairly easy to catch up on everything. But I always think, you know, yeah. when I have a kid, it's gonna be crazy. All these movies that they're going to have in that backlog—it's yeah. just like, I don't know, this insane. And as you said, it is—it's—it's uh, it's just mind-blowing. It's exhausting. It is—I uh, just feel overload at the moment, and just the amount of stuff we're going to have to consume and cover and yeah. everything. But it's so exciting. What a time to be alive yeah. as movie fans. And I think—I um, yeah. think we've covered all the big stuff from this week alone. One week <laughs> worth the, of movie I know, news. Right? And I've been, uh, I, I, as I said at the top of the show, I couldn't have thought of any anyone else better to help me cover this. This has been absolutely wonderful today. We've gone through some very exciting things. Just three guys just geeking out over movies, and I love it. And it's been great to finally <laughs> I hope collaborate, entertain, oh, uh, and yeah.
1: thank you, Dave, for having us on. Man, absolutely, really
0: pleasure. a blast. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been, like I said, been wanting to collaborate with you guys for so long. We've kind of, we, we have, myself and Austin, I had you do a little voiceover for my evolution. Yeah, um, I've done another, nice. I've done another uh, a podcast with Chris, but just really, something like this, <laughs> it's been really awesome. And at that. There we go. <laughs> it's the end of the show. Thank you so much for joining me once again, uh, to, to Austin and Chris. Uh, that is all we have time for today. Uh, the podcast goes out every single Monday on all podcasting platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Audible. The visual element uh, goes up on YouTube as well, and that goes out two days earlier to Patreon supporters. Patreon.com/slash Daily Down Under, if you'd like to support the Daily Down Under brand. You can find me on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, all linked down the bottom. If you want to write into the show, shoot an email to daveleepod at gmail.com. Uh, leave a good review. We want good reviews on the podcasting platforms if you can do so. Again, um, Austin and Chris, please let everyone know where they can find you. Uh,
1: you guys can find me at youtube.com slash 3C Films or on Twitter at 3C Film Review. Really excited to see what else you have next uh, for your evolutions. I'll get a real kick out of watching those. And thanks Thank for having much. me on, Dave.
2: Yeah. Yeah, youtube.com, Austin Burke. Uh, I'm on Letterboxd, Twitter, Instagram, at the dave like i said man i love your channel i love what you're doing love to see you growing 3c as always my friend it's a pleasure and it's just three guys having fun
0: freaking out talking (laughs) some
2: of the best news of the year man this was awesome
0: absolutely we have to do it again because this has been awesome and thank you again so much for joining me uh it's it's just been terrific um i love both of you guys your content is just amazing i watch all your stuff all the time and i love it thank you so much you get my Some of my favourites in the movie scene at the moment, which is just amazing. Um, And uh, as far as my content for this week, I don't know. I'm trying to pull my next evolution (laughs) together. I announced it's going to be The Grinch, which is like a short, another one of my short ones. I don't know when I'm going to get that out because there's just been so much in the way. Uh, But other than that, thanks to everybody out there for listening and thanks to you guys for joining me. I'll see you next week. Take it easy. Thanks, guys.